Welcome to the Inner Huddle, a youth football development podcast for parents, coaches, and managers of young aspiring footballers. Your hosts from Pezza Street Soccer are Pez and Jeff. Hi everyone and welcome along. In this episode, I am joined by friends and colleagues Jeff Bonner and Paul Matthews, and we discuss everything to do with delivering coaching sessions online. So remote learning for children, particularly during the lockdowns that we have been through recently. So we get into the nitty gritty of how we do it, why we do it, and the benefits of getting your children involved. This episode is sponsored by the Pezzas Skill Tech Scheme, which is an online training program for children. So it all ties in very, very nicely. Sit back, enjoy the show, and I really would appreciate your feedback. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome along to the Inner Huddle podcast. I'm here with Jeff Bonner and... We've been joined by Football Paul, or full name, Paul Matthews. Um, we haven't done one of these for a long time, have we, Jess? It's all, all a bit new and going, going back to it again. I mean, we haven't done one together for oh, since the start of the year. I did one about six months ago with Andy Reid, but we have been so busy with uh, what's going on with lockdowns and being in and out of lockdown and uh, trying to uh, keep sessions going for the children and, and doing what we can for them it's um it's been difficult hasn't it so we haven't really had time for the podcast unfortunately um but i thought we'd best do one before christmas let everyone know what we've been up to we're up to about twelve thousand downloads so we've got a bit of a following out there um and we're still getting listened to regularly especially from places like new zealand australia or america so i thought it was really important to uh to put something together and invite a special guest on so we've got football pool um, and see how everyone is and just chat about what we have been up to and uh, what the benefits that have been for the children or not and how we've adapted. So really important stuff because there'll be people listening to this coach-wise who might have, uh, you know, be looking at ideas of how they can adapt to the situation and still coach their kids. And obviously this is aimed more at parents to, um, to let them know what they can do as well in these times. And, and to see how you two are, obviously. That was a long intro, wasn't it? So perhaps <laughs> I haven't changed that much, guys. But how are you anyway? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks, Pezza. Um, yeah, your last one with Andy Reid, you gave me a bit of a panic up, didn't you? Because we were supposed to be doing a Zoom one-to-one session that we've been doing yeah. every week up until that point, And you'd forgotten about it, hadn't you? And you logged on, started chatting like you do, kept chatting like you do. Yeah. And uh, before you knew it, the session had been and gone, and I was worried, worried about you. So um, yeah, you gave yeah. me a bit of a sweat, sweat that day. So I was having a bit of banter with Reedy on the podcast, and you turned up at my door to see if I was all right because <laughs> <laughs> I was late for my one-to-one. Yeah, cheers for throwing that one in there. I'd forgotten about that, but yeah, that was the, the, the last podcast we put together. So I think it's time to welcome Paul, um, more famously Morning. known locally as Football. Paul, um, you look like you're in some dodgy 70s uh, <laughs> caravan there. It's yeah. a bit dark. I, but, I um, haven't chosen my background very well and uh, just making do with what we've got, really, which is is probably what we've done all the way. But morning to you too, morning anyone that's listening. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's my first podcast, so looking forward to, to seeing what comes and, and have a chat about how things are going and what we can do in the future, maybe. And, and from there we go. So... Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so I should say that um, Football Pool is probably best described as our expert for our foundation phase, so our younger um, players. You uh, do our mini kicks project. and What, what um, age do you start taking those from, Paul? Um, well, before the lockdown obviously kicked in, uh, it's from two years old. Um, taking a few younger than that um, and just trying to really get those fundamental foundations in, uh, movement, bit of footwork as they get older. So two to four is the mini kicks. And then obviously they hit, hit reception year at school. Um, and we try and progress them from there into the kickstart groups on a Saturday. And uh, obviously all the way through the PEZA system. And then hopefully 
onto onto Jeff and the futsal side of things with Wessex Futsal Club. Well, that brings me nicely on to you, Jeffrey. Um, shall I just say what you've been up to? And we'll be here for two hours. Um, or shall I say, Jeffrey, Wessex Futsal Club, um, obviously is your baby and, and it's what you've been trying to keep going during this very difficult period. And how have you gone about it? What have you been up to? Um, so, what, September, the year before last, we started age groups under 12s to under 16s, um, had a really good season. Um, the under 16s were Wiltshire champions, went on to become Southwest champions, which was the final Sunday before lockdown hit. Um, through lockdown, we did a lot of planning, a lot of pre- preparation, a lot of organising, and we had a senior team accepted into the National Futsal Series. Um, well, that was probably through lockdown. Um, Paul would very kindly run a marathon for Wessex Futsal Club, the senior team, because it's going to cost us prediction £8,000 per season minimum. Um, that was when it was going to be an eight-team league. It's now going to be a 12-team league. So that budget would have gone up at least a couple of thousand more, I'd imagine. So Paul raised well over a thousand pounds running a Wessex marathon, which started in Wilton, which is an ancient capital of Wessex. He ran past some scary witches' trees <laughs> um, with me, actually, didn't you? That first little stint, first leg, um, and carried Carried on home to Shrewton, where you are now. Um, went to Stonehenge, which is a very famous wonder of the world, um, a massive part of Wessex and the history. And then finished up at Salisbury Cathedral. So yeah, I need to get old Serum. Went past old Serum as well. Past old Serum, yeah, of course, which was famously on the Salisbury United badge. The story um, behind Pezza there and one of his penance or many penance. Yeah, so. Massive thank you. I'm going to call him Futsal Paul from now on. <laughs> so much money for Have a little Wessex. ripple for Futsal Paul there. A little ripple. Well done, yeah. mate. Um, I think that's going to, going to be an annual thing now, isn't it, Jeff, by the looks of it? Well, it is now. You've just thrown it out there for the world. <laughs> that's yeah. that's yeah. what I had in my head anyway, so Every look forward year. to the next one. Can we, can we turn it into a, hire a marathon runner and everyone can hire you to um, <laughs> you know, borrow you to raise some money? And then all you do next year is run. That'd be nice. Yeah, don't fancy that, do you? Oh, well, uh, it takes a bit of training, so um, yeah, just just one a year is enough at the moment, I think. Yeah, uh, fair play. So, some achievement, and I know Jeff and the kids at Wessex Football Club were were particularly next, grateful. Next, thank you is to you, Pezza, because oh. I mean the announcement was on the Wednesday, so we played on the Sunday. The announcement was on the Wednesday about the national lockdown. Um, by the Thursday night, you'd already done a uh, a live coaching session from your living room. And um, one uh, on the Saturday, we, we were allowed in the room together, weren't we? At that yeah. point, um, before it went full lockdown, I think um, we did one from my garage, from the Wessex garage. Yeah, uh, coaching session live to the Wessex group and to your uh, pairs of street soccer players as well. So we. By the Saturday, we'd squeezed in three sessions between us, I think, and we never missed a never missed a session throughout lockdown. Did seventeen weeks in a row of sessions from my garage, which I cleared out. Gradually went further and further <laughs> yeah, back. To the whole, we whole garage is now cleared. This tiny yeah. little bit to start with, didn't we? Yeah, it looks magnificent Yeah, so now we've got a proper. We've got all the lighting gear. We, we worked out how to do lots of things on Facebook Live and we've closed groups. Um, and you describe it as being like ninjas, don't you? We, it happened. <laughs> we acted like ninjas. We were, ready, we were ready to go on the weekend. So without all of your help for that as well, mate, I, I don't know if Wessex would have continued through that really difficult period. To, to be honest, all the football inside of it was already there. And I, I knew that we could adapt what we do, like the core skills and the individual moves that we've got. We've got the Pezza's skill tech scheme. So it was just a case of making sure the technology worked and we had the space and the Wi-Fi. And a lot of it was learning on the job. But you're right, I think the announcement was on the 
Wednesday, and then Thursday we did our first session. And we we picked the hardest topic. We did a front room freestyle with my Josh and um, a couple of sort of what we call beach ball type balls. And um, we just went for it, didn't we? Learned on the job. Um, and as you say, was it 17 weeks? I think I did, I think it was 52 live sessions. And then we did soccer size. Um, we did. I think, you, I think you did a calf muscle as well during that, didn't you? I did a did it did it twice i think um and i'm already injured now going back into doing them this lockdown so uh yeah it's um it can be quite strenuous but um but yeah so to use that expression we acted like ninjas we just went for it we knew we had to do something um which has been great because i think it's inspired a lot of other people especially locally to to think oh well they're doing something so if it's possible we can do it and so they started to do it and they might not know how they might not know what but they're doing something and just like we did we threw ourselves in and um learned as we went along and i wouldn't say we've cracked it but we are now doing things like this podcast through zoom that we never would have been able to do before we wouldn't have had the you know the know-how and the knowledge and when we went into this lockdown i didn't panic one little bit because i had done it before so uh, i think new... this sorry paul gone I think this throws into light a lot more, though. I think having coached in the Saints Foundation for, for the for the 10, 12 years that I did and only kind of seeing that, trying to teach kids, even on a Saturday morning, more about how to play football, so the game, the positional play, um, and how I was taught to coach almost and what I believed in the game. Um, when I came to... I'd never seen anything like the the syllabus that you guys set up before I came along sort of four or five years ago now. Um, and to be able to to expand and understand that actually there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to the individual training and the psychological side and, and the phrase, the mental well-being of, of kids these days. To be able to do what we've done um and still carry on all those sessions through the first lockdown i think we're nailing it even better this time round i think that says a lot for for the for that individual coaching and that practice on their own with a ball um so hat off to you guys really because it, it certainly added to what i already had learned and i didn't think i didn't even know anything about that side of it and didn't didn't understand it and it, it very quickly grew on me so it's I think it's hats off to you guys for kind of paving the way, especially in this area, for that individual training process. But it's been it's been the one positive and a negative rolled into one. With what you're saying, there is there aren't many people out there that realised it was possible. So getting people to buy in and log on and yes, you can do it in a tiny space in your front room and you know where kids aren't really allowed to play in the house and all this kind of stuff. Um, it was a lot of education, educating parents that, look, you, you can do it with a sponge ball, you know, a tennis ball. Um, you know, the main thing is about keeping active and getting touches of the ball and engaging, um, you know, with people or, you know, with us as coaches. And now we're doing the Zoom ones <clears throat> with other kids that were a part of your group. Um, so a lot of it was letting people know it was possible. So when we've done a session, that's why I'm always putting on social media so other parents can see, wow, there was 18 children all taking part in little hallways. So we do a screenshot of the Zoom ones and they see, you know, some of them in tiny little hallways, their bedroom, kitchens, you know, a little bit of backyard with the lights on coming out of all the windows and the curtains. <laughs> on. Everyone's been really resourceful in it and it does work and they are getting a lot out of it. And we've tried to keep to the same time slots as their sessions would be. So they've got a bit of routine and I, uh, I couldn't be happier with the way it's going. And uh, I think, after the first lockdown, going into this one has been much more popular because people have obviously, when we got back together, talked about how good the sessions were and how it was possible. And everyone's decided to sort of give it a go this time, haven't they? Yeah. It's been good. So where are you at now with the uh, the, the Wessex side of things, Jeff? What's, um, what's your plan? What sort of sessions are you doing now? And, and has it changed since last time? Yeah, so the feedback was from previous time, we did 17 weeks of well over an hour each, each week. Um, was It wasn't interactive possibly enough for some of the players. Some of them just want to be playing in matches week in, week out anyway. So 
you're probably not going to get the buy-in from everybody. Yeah. Um, so this time round, instead of doing a live session um, that's kind of saved on the group, uh, we're doing the interactive Zoom sessions, and it you know people take part if they want to, which is <clears throat> allowed me to open it up to other other players from other clubs. So we played uh, Romsey Futsal Club. Um, the weekend before this second lockdown and the manager's son came on the Zoom last week, did brilliant, I think loved it, we'll be back on next week. So again, we learned from last time round, um, grown and adapted as you keep saying and um, improved hopefully. So it is nice to be able to still coach. It's not as easy over the power of the internet but um, it works. People are improving, they're engaging and I think the feedback has been everyone's enjoyed it and everyone wants to come back on. One couldn't this week because it chucked it down and the only place they're allowed to do it is in the garden. They're not allowed to ball in the house. So, yeah. Yeah, it didn't stop you, did it, football, Paul? You were out there <laughs> in it on your gazebo putting on a live session on our, our Facebook group. So, Jeff, um, where can people, now that we know that it's open up to sort of anybody, where can people find out about you and, and maybe get involved with what you're doing? I would advice to go on Wessex Futsal Club on Facebook or on Twitter um, and just send us a direct message, a DM or an inbox. Um, I'm less likely to reply on Instagram because I don't check it as often as I should. So yeah, Twitter or Facebook would be best for me. Okay, brilliant. Um, I'm going to take it right back to the start um, at the first lockdown. Now, I was very aware that we could do it that it was possible and that we could add some value with our syllabus and it could still be done from home. But I don't think I believed quite as much of how players would actually improve. I was aware that we had to do something for the kids' sake and to try and keep things going. Um, and I knew that what we could do and I knew the syllabus and all of those type of things. But what I wasn't quite aware of was actually it's been beneficial to some players haven't it they came back in that small period between lockdowns technically much better moving much better added to a hunger of not being able to have played matches for a, a little while before and it really surprised me I wouldn't say we were playing sort of lip service to it and just going through the motions if you like I knew that the stuff was good obviously good content but I didn't realize that so many players were going to come back even better than before uh, you know I thought we might be keeping them ticking over, if you like, Jeff, keeping the neurological pathways going, keeping them active and, and, and not, you know, keeping the cobwebs away, if you like. But actually, I was really surprised with the improvement of some of the players. I don't know what you found. Yeah, I don't know if it's okay to mention the players' names and things, but um, you've got your lockdown legends medals that you gave out to all the players that really kind of stuck by it week in, week out and were interactive on pool sessions and your sessions by writing in skill combos on the Facebook live stream to give it a try and have you thought about this and can't believe I didn't get a medal by the way I think I logged in every single session but um, it's in the post I'm sure yeah I'm still waiting for that hopefully by Christmas yeah um, I, I got a confession I did have a spare one um, that I was keeping you know to maybe give sad. out to somebody if it was spare <laughs> whatever and then I completely forgot someone and I had to give it to someone else so uh, sorry Jeff I didn't even get one. And it was every single level. So we had um, kids that I've seen improve so much from sort of school year two and three. And then it's all the way up to, we had a Zoom with um, Charlie Webster, who's at the time England under 16, he's an under 17 now, isn't he? Um, yeah. And Chelsea. <clears throat> um, and... It's been a while since I've seen Charlie Webster and obviously he used to come to Peza Street Soccer and did so much of the individual ball work. Um, would come to five to seven hours a week of your sessions. Um, and without being rude, he looked a bit rusty, didn't he, on his first session? And he was up against someone a year below him in Rio Edgar, who still comes to Wessex Footstyle Club now and plays for Salisbury United. Um, and... Technically, on all the core skills challenges we did, I think Rio won every single one on the first week. Let's have it right. Rio was Muller in him, wasn't he? 
Yeah. And, but Charlie being Charlie and the attitude that he has that got him to the level that he's at, I think probably went away, worked on it and put the maximum effort into those sessions we did over Zoom and started catching Rio back up again. And it was becoming a lot more even four or five weeks in and he was looking sharper, quicker. Um, so hopefully he's benefited from the lockdown technically. Um, and it, it might have been really important for him to just come and revisit some of the stuff and just remind himself that the individual side of the training, even at the level he's at with the quality of coaching he's getting, shouldn't be overlooked because it's, it's like a car, isn't it? If you don't run it, if you don't keep it sharp, um, the performance is going to drop a little bit. So um, that was really nice for I think for us to see and just remind ourselves again, every single level, whether it was um, young little Archie Harkin and Kai Shava competing on the one-to-ones or if it was Rio under 16 um, and 17, Charlie Webster, it, it had benefits to everybody, I think, that did buy into it and you know really go through the process properly. I think that, that as coaches as well, um, we, we have that job now to it, it like you said Jeff it reminds us to constantly almost drive keep driving that message of the individual practice the individual training no matter what level you get to no matter what age you are you you cannot underestimate um that side of having a ball at your feet and practice 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 and even in the you know the kickstart groups and, and the academy setup you know Devon um Gurning was um, constantly every Saturday, um, probably on more than just my session on a Facebook live, but he was always there. And I think when he came back, it 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 does it reinforces the message for us and, and makes us remember as well because it's easy to forget because we do it so often. Um, and I certainly take that message into all the schools that I go into, whether whether it's netball or hockey or football or whatever it is we're doing. It's that individual practice. It's that getting the technique, good habits, and making sure that you continue to do that. So, yeah, it's um, it's been the same for the kickstart groups, definitely. Um, the confidence, sorry, Pez, the confidence it would give me as a player if, if I know that I've done more than everybody else whilst they've been locked down for 17 weeks or however long it might have been till you could have gone back to your um, social distance sessions for three or four weeks as it was before you were allowed to do contact matches again the confidence of walking back into the sports hall or outside wherever the training sessions were, knowing that you'd been on every single one and you'd done extra extra training compared to the ones that probably sat on their Xboxes, lost confidence, probably didn't even really remember what it feels like to walk, turn up to a training session and get in the car and all that. They probably would have felt a lot less nervous, a lot more confident and probably benefited from the mental side of it as much as the technical side. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of mindset gone on there, isn't it? And you can you can tell the players that really are hungry to improve, and the, you know the ones that keep coming back and engaging, and 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 then the rewards of their hard work where they actually came back better players. I was um, listening to a podcast this morning um, with Sir Clive Woodward, and he was saying, never forget that football. And rugby, because obviously he's from a rugby background, but he's very passionate about his football. Um, they might be team sports, but they are made up of individuals. And, and the better your individuals, the more likely your team is to be successful. You have, a, you know, better tools to work with, if you like, as a, a coach and a manager to get your messages across and get them playing how you are. So I know a lot of people, you know, football's a team game and it's all about working together. And, and so, and I think that works you know, in, in one-offs. So teams, you know, in the FA Cup can have some giant killings. Um, even the odd tournament, I think Greece won 2004 Euro Championships without many individual stars. It can happen. But if you want to be consistently good at something, uh, you know, team-wise, you need individual players. And the better you are individually, the the higher you are going to play really in general so that moves us on really to what is it that we actually do 
in these sessions. Why is it beneficial? How can it work? And how can other people buy into it and implement it? There's a lot of questions there, isn't there? A lot of statements. Um, so, Jeff, can I bat it over to you to say what does... Let's go back to the live sessions rather than the Zoom because they're a bit more interactive. What does a session look like, a West, typical Wessex session? So our Facebook Live group, um, we would have done some sort of ball mastery warm-up just to get muscles moving, blood pumping, um, get lots of touches of the ball in and best space, two metres by two metres. Everything was planned so that it could be done in a living room or a kitchen if it needed. Um, then some stretching, possibly a little bit of core strength. Uh, didn't always do that every week, but tried to incorporate some sort of strength and conditioning into the warm-up. Um, and then the sessions, each one was different. So I'd either, I think for the first four weeks, I'd pick a topic, whether it would be chops, um, uh, V-shapes or Adriano's, step-overs, um, whatever it might have been, and just kind of go down a bit of a rabbit hole of how many different ways can you do a, a chop. Um, and that, I think, probably helped improve me as a coach because it made me look at everything again. It's been years since we've really broken down the syllabus and, and restructured it. And um, so it probably threw up so many more combinations. Um, so we, we quite like putting combos together and being creative and, and maybe throwing it out to people to see how can you combine a step over with a chop and some sort of quick feature or something like that. Um, towards the end, we, um, we had to play around with some playing cards. So how many cards is there in a deck? 52 is there. Yeah. So I think we wrote 52 different skills down on playing cards and then just picked them out at random order and, and mashed together either two or three part combos. Um, that was a whole session one week. Um, now it, it, we kind of follow this where we go a skill to beat, um, a turn twist, an explosive move. Can we combine it together? Um, now the apex skill tech scheme that I'm working off with the under 12s to under 16s and adults is each skill is a combo anyway. Um, so it can get, it's like you're learning four or five six parts for one skill then um, and the challenge of remembering it putting it together breaking it back down again putting it back together again helps improve each individual skill within that um, and then we'll have some sort of fast feet and strength and conditioning race so we've got our levels that we've spent years coming up with whether it's the from the Pezza skill tech scheme um, and these are individual quick feet with a ball, um, with individual player targets, depending on the age group that you're working with. So if I've got a player who's an under 11, I can still have them race against somebody who's um, at college or an adult in the Premier League. They could still have a, a decent race where you don't really know who's going to win. Um, and it will be based on their technical ability, plus a little bit of strength and conditioning at the end for a bit of fun. Um, and, I, yeah, I try and race the kids and uh, I try and get a point, but I, I don't seem to be getting any these days. So either I'm slowing down or they're all quickening up or a bit of both. Yeah, and that's kind of – and we'll go through that loop. So there's um, learning some new skills, there's some creativity with the combos, and then there's some competition. And I really like that format, and that seems to be the one that's working best for us. Excellent. Um would you both say from this experience and doing the sessions that you're actually better coaches? Yeah, um, I think just to quickly follow on from what Jeff was saying on the on the setup of the, the Facebook Lives, from my point of view, where I'm doing the kickstart groups, which we're looking at four to sort of six, seven years old. Um, as you were talking, Jeff, I'm sat here thinking, well, actually, mine leads perfectly into yours because mine was all about really at first, just getting the core skills out. Um, and then I kind of developed it into making sure my warm-up always had a very similar body movement, even if it was four or five, six different 
kind of warm-up moves all led into the more technical stuff we were going to move on to. So the skills to beat and the, and the kind of twist turns and explosive moves and even some of the freestyle moves. Um, so my kind of sessions developed as, and it happened really quickly, actually, to be fair. I suddenly realised that needed to happen. Um, so, yeah, I've forgotten what your question was now, Pez. <laughs> if, if you've improved this whole process, you come out of it more knowledgeable and actually better coaches. I know for me, like Jeff touched on, it was kind of stripping it right back to where we started and going back again and revisiting some of the original stuff and realising how important those fundamentals are. Um, and I, I, I picked up loads from you two. So I always watch your sessions when I can. I think so I hardly miss one. Um, and I, I, I picked up from your expression, Paul, of expression session. So um, I love that. And Jeff's movement mastery as well, I, I really liked. I think, do you think Jeff's actually frozen there for a minute? Either that or he's staying very, very still. Staying very, very still. <laughs> if you listen to this on a podcast, we're, re- we're recording this as well. And um, you know, it looks like he's frozen. So it's just that's, you and I, Paul, at the moment. That, that's Jeff's expression session, I think. That is Jeff's. Um, but to, to answer your question, Pez, 100% um, 100% feel I've come out of it uh, a better coach and a better person, really, as well in the last four or five years. Um, and certainly, certainly learned as I've gone along. And something I thought about earlier when Jeff mentioned the marathon, um, and I mentioned obviously coming on board and, and learning a different way of coaching. Um, and that was probably from when I came on board, that was with you guys sort of four, four and a half years ago. It was at that point I'd started going out running. Um, I was going to come back and play a bit of football. That never happened, but I enjoyed doing the, the running side bit and kept that going. And quite often, I, know, I, I always believe, don't look back too much, always look forward. Uh, but it's certainly, I've come to realise in the last four or five years that the one thing I wish I had done is had people telling me as a youngster to do this individual training and to have that fitness side of it as well. And I made it to a reasonable level anyway. So I wonder what, I do wonder what kind of player I could have been myself. And I try and the way I turn that into a positive from a little bit of a negative, I'm on the well, how good could I have been? What could I, what level could I have achieved? Is I realised that at 40 plus, 40 years old plus, so if I can deliver that message to children as young as I as young as that I can do, um, what can they achieve? You know, there's kids with natural ability. There's kids that need to work, you know, a little bit harder at what they do. Um, but there's no reason by either or can't make a reasonable level out of what they want to do. Even it's if it's the psychological side, if they're more into their tag rugby or their rugby or you know, like I say, any sport can we keep delivering the message to these children so we inspire them to find which way they want to go in life? Um, and it comes away from sport a little bit as well. So I'm very aware of that side of it that I kind of missed out a little bit. And that's not to say that the managers I had when I was a kid and, and all the way through my playing career weren't great people and, and you know, they were there doing it. But I want to deliver that message as much as I can now to as many different children and and can we can we inspire them to to reach goals that they maybe thought they couldn't yeah jeff looks like he's struggling to get back on so what i'll do is we'll pause this and uh, resume again in a minute yeah okay we've got jeff back in the room i had a little technical issue there with jeff but hopefully seamlessly We've uh, sorted it so you're back. Um, let's face it, you didn't miss much anyway, Jeff. But we tried babbling on for a minute to, for you to sort yourself out. Um, but welcome back. We were just talking about how it's improved us as coaches and two things that I picked up. Um, I loved Football Pool's expression session. So some of his um, his sessions he called expression sessions so the kids could express themselves. Um, and with you, it was reframing ball mastery into movement mastery which I thought was fantastic because it encompasses so much more than just yeah we're working with a ball and getting touches it was movement patterns it was lateral movement it was 
um, your fundamentals that Paul will do with his kickstart group. So your, your, your ABCs, your agility, balance, coordination. There was a bit of everything in there to, to improve players individually. Um, and, and as Paul was touched on a second ago, not just, not just for football, but for life and for multi-sport and for, you know, for, they might have different activities that they're into and your fundamental movements and your ABCs are vital building blocks for anything that they go on to do. It's, it's not just about football. So I was really, really pleased with, with the way that that's gone. Um, so, yeah, we babbled on about that for a minute, Jeff, and now you're back. So uh, where did you go? Well, I could hear most of it. I don't know what me and and it was all fine until he kicked me out i'd have just carried on if i was you <laughs> well, you'd, you'd frozen it's great it wasn't a very flattering position you were frozen in either jeff so i had to get rid of you so let's move on to the crux of it because we are running out of time i don't want to go on too much longer um just if we could just explain obviously you've gone into how your sessions look but some of the benefits of why your child being in their bedroom, hallway, front room, kitchen with some sort of ball, what are the benefits of that and what we can provide or anyone can provide really, as long as they get in touches of the ball and active, that's a good starting point. So we'll start with that. Touches of the ball and being active uh, are obviously two benefits um, foundation benefits if you like we've touched on the abcs is there anything else thrown in that um we can explain why they're so important and actually how players have improved i i think that as i said just now from a generation point i didn't learn any of this till i was 40 plus and i think a longer term thing of what we're actually setting in there because this stuff wasn't available when I was a kid. It just wasn't around. We just didn't have it. I think we're setting a generation up of the kids we're working with. Um, and what must be the oldest kid that you guys started with? Is it the likes of Charlie Webster, who's sort of 17, 16, 17, 18 now? Is that the kind of oldest that we've got? Yeah, so that's kind of what I would say is our first generation of real players. So Vaughan Coville, who's now at Forest Green, um, and, and made it onto the FIFA game this week, which I think I'm the most most proudest of anything. I think I am with that. It's um, I don't know, just seeing him there in FIFA. I don't do proud moments often, even when Charlie did his England debut. But seeing him on FIFA, I don't know, really made me feel great. Um, so yeah, we've got Charlie Webster. Um, he's a year below Vaughan, and obviously captain England and captain Chelsea. And, and well, I think that we're looking at. These kids, when they get to our age and they've got children of their own, they will have had it. So I wonder what knock-on effect that will have and the importance of what we're trying to deliver and the importance, like I said, it's not just the sport, the football, it's the life skills, especially in this area where a lot of people, you know, we've interacted with a lot of different families. I, I kind of hope that that has a knock-on effect in, gen, in the generations to come, that they, they've known from kids that this was possible. We've only known from adulthood that this was possible. So I'm hoping that it has a real knock-on effect for generations to come. And I know that's a big shout, but I don't see why it shouldn't be possible for, for as these kids grow older and, and, you know, have families of their own, why it can't progress. And, it, and you know, we've got, we've got the snowball rolling almost then. Yes, um, it's a great point. And I... I think to take it back a little bit further that the problems we're facing now and it's especially in this country and in America um, it's kids don't play in the street anymore which is obviously why we call what we do street soccer it's not just football they don't play street games as much anymore and actually children were learning a lot of ABCs movement you know playing tag and dodging and all of those type of things um and from the football side of it, which obviously is what I know most about, they were learning skills, getting touches of the ball. They were, 
sorting things out for themselves and and you know everyone's into all this conditioned coaching and stuff now and throwing in conditions and scenarios and things well we did that if one team was winning we'd open up their goal bigger and we'd make their one smaller or we'd even up the teams we'd let them have two players we'd swap players about you know we did all these things ourselves we we were very self-managed and kids don't get that anymore so they're missing out and coaching now what kids get at their football clubs isn't enough it just isn't so if they're there even if they were doing three sessions a week for an hour and a half it's not enough even for their movement development let alone their football development so for kids to fulfill their potential they have to look elsewhere to do something else you know obviously you don't have to but just as a fundamental movement thing what they get a PE at school and what they might get at activities after school isn't enough. And it's probably why there's an obesity crisis and it's on the increase in a lot of countries because they're not getting these street games. And the world's changed now. So it's not as safe outdoors. And then there's there's more stuff to do indoors. So kids wanting to play on the Xbox now and things like that is a safe place for parents. They're in their bedroom, they play on their Xbox. We know they're safe. And the world's kind of changed in that way but kids are missing out on these important things so this is one way of helping to to put some of those basic movements back into these children yeah, I, I think even even improve it as to what it was before um, you know like in our generation where you could go out till the street lights came on and and like you say you had jumpers with goalposts but I think we can for generations to come, we can make that better. We can install better practices and, and, and it can be done, like you say, it can be done anywhere. It can be done in safe environments at home. And, and like I say, we can, the, the snowball, I believe, started. It's, it's up to us to continue it. And hopefully we give these kids the, uh, the kind of, the want to do it with their kids as well. Yeah. So what are the key points for you, Jeff, of how, how play so if I'm a parent listening to this and I think yeah it's all going good but doing a few toe taps and ball boxing and in my sitting room how is that going to improve my my play what do you do um that they can copy they can follow that then improves them as a player afterwards um I wouldn't this is this is a tough one isn't it because some things sound like they contradict each other we talk about doing ball each, quick feet, and but I think we've all, well, I don't want to sound big-headed, but we've got quite a deep understanding about what we're doing. We know why we're doing it. We know the reasons behind what we're doing. We're not just putting a cone on the floor and doing a V-shape around a cone and then moving on to the next thing. We're talking about movement mastery. We're talking about how it's going to help you be a better player. We know it's going to improve your confidence. We know if you can scan on the sole touch before you take it that direction that you're going to see pictures quicker in a game. So the decisions you make will be quicker and therefore probably look like better decisions because if you take a long time after you've made a good decision in a sport, an invasion sport, it's going to look like a bad decision because the other team will have regrouped. So it's going to help you on the ball manoeuvre the defence around how you want it to be. It's going to help you shield the ball. It's going to help you let your teammates make runs. So we can, with our deep understanding about why we're doing it and the movement mastery and um, opening up neurological pathways and using both feet, um, everything we do is going to help people be more confident, be better players. Um, and it's not just that. So that when you can come back and you can have your match play and you can do stuff within the game, you'll see the benefits of that and the scanning and the opening up your body and all the things and using different parts of your feet, everything that we do will be obvious. It's, it's one of those things that when you see it, you kind of believe it. And unless you've got preconceived ideas about how it should look and Creativity. I think a lot of people think, oh, just go and play and make mistakes and work it out. And that is a big part of it. But I think people don't realise an artist, before they've made their masterpiece, will have done thousands of sketches of that landscape or, and little tweaks and, and 
all those little things. So the ball master would have the parts, don't they? Yeah. So it's not just toe taps. Okay. It will be side sprints, toe taps, step over. So you're doing those little sketches and that little bit of shading or whatever it is. And you've done it thousands of times so that you know which way it works for you. So when you do your masterpiece and you play your matches, that for me, creativity actually sometimes can look really structured for quite a long time. Um, but you've also got to be allowed to make your mistakes as well and learn from it and all that kind of stuff. So when we're talking, I think it sometimes can sound like we're contradicting ourselves. We're talking about almost what people consider drills and doing things that it's not straight line drills as in you pass here and you run to B. We are doing our own type of drill, I think we would call it, with a ball at your feet. But there's so many different, there's, there's such a deeper understanding, a, a deeper reason. And you can go down a real rabbit hole of we're doing this now and it goes to there. And then, before, you know, the sessions take on a life of their own. And especially now they're interactive and kids can come and unmute themselves on Zoom and say, well, have you thought about this? Or this looks really cool with this skill. Or, and then, so this player's got their own creative style on that. But you started from the same toe tap, side sprint, step over, whatever it might be, but it's gone all different ways for all different players. So that's where creativity and us talking about it can probably be confusing, sounds contradictory, and I can understand why people don't get it. Because yeah, it's, um, Just jump in, it's, it's yin-yang, isn't it? So And order, yeah. Yeah, so it is contradictory because it's yin-yang, but they don't, they don't work in isolation so doing all of these drills on their own I just like I mean I always try and explain it like um, learning a language so doing skills in your front room is like learning words and on their own they're pretty useless you can't go into a country and go bus table tv chair you you know you can't interact you can't put it together but knowing those words is going to accelerate how you do sentences, phrases, and have conversations later on. So, you know, the, the criticism we get is if you can't learn a skill in isolation because you then have to learn it again for real in a match, in, a, in, in, a, in the right environment. And yes, they are right, but if you know all of those words or skills, um, it accelerates that process. Um, and all of this doesn't work unless the kids eventually are given the opportunity to try these things and make them sense. It all works together. I think it's something we, we kind of haven't, haven't really touched on, you, you both touched on it very slightly there, is that the failure side of it, you know, and getting things wrong and making mistakes. And I think that the, the phrase that came to mind while I was sat listening to you was failure should be a positive word rather than it's a bit, you know, it's more of a negative word. If you fail, you know, that's not great. But actually, the, the yin, the yang, the failure, and the getting things right, they, they're against each other, but they actually marry off. You can't have one without the other. So I think, you know, doing these drills in the front room, and I've watched, especially in the Zoom sessions recently that I've done, kids getting it wrong and getting it wrong and getting it wrong, but then getting it right. So I think that, that failure to succeed almost, that that progression through is very very important you know um and i think this is where people have to understand that we set these skills and some of them are really tricky and and difficult to do but it it will help the mentality of the individual to get it wrong to get it wrong to get it wrong and when you get it right the the feeling of success i think is 10 times more well it's um it's actually a coach's job to seek out failure failure is our job because you set up things to push people's limits so that they fail you can guide them and then they can learn from those failures there's a big distinction between being a coach and a manager a manager's job pretty much their job is success because often they're judged on results a coach's job is to seek failure especially in training because that's how the learning's done so we'll set up things knowing that kids will fail to start. And that's when the psychology comes in with your language and how you frame it, you know, and to develop a growth mindset, which is very, very important. If you do these, I hate the word drills, but these drills with kids with a fixed mindset, 
and kids with a growth mindset. It's only really the kids with a growth mindset that are going to go on and make that make the most of them. So it's um, it's really important what you say to kids. But that I mean, in, but basically, as a coach, we set things up for kids to fail to give us opportunities to learn. And with, with, with these things, we you have to let the children explore the possibilities. So you let the kids see what some of the possibilities are. And that's what we do. So we can say, these are some ways to turn. These are some ways you can beat players. These are some ways you can put them together. But the kids' biggest superpower is their curiosity. And a lot of coaches and managers take that curiosity away by telling them, what to do, how to do it. And a coach's job is not to um, tell a player where to look, it's to show them where to look so that they can find out for themselves. So use that curiosity, show them some possibilities, let them explore those possibilities for themselves. And with that, curiosity and exploration comes failure. And then it's the coach's job to guide them, say the right things where they're still finding out for themselves. And that's where children can go on and fulfill their potential. Um, and that's what we try and do in our sessions, actual sessions and our online sessions. And then the other benefits of opening up neurological pathways, movement masteries, ABCs, all of those type of things uh, are just bonuses. But the, the, the crux of the matter is kids are curious, let them be curious, let them explore, but inspire them. Inspire them, show them what some of the possibilities are. It's not a tick list. We have about 70 moves on the Pezza skill test scheme. There could be a kid who learns all of those, ticks them all off. It's not going to make them a good player. It's not. And anyone could take our syllabus and teach it to their kid. It's not going to make them a good player because you have to teach kids to learn for themselves. That is the key to it all. And you can only do that with experience and knowledge. And I, I think I've, I've kind of learned that going along as well, that, the growth mindset you touched on there, um, especially in this kind of schools where and the Saturday sessions where you can get a very mixed ability range. Um, and I've learned or I found as I've gone along my coaching journey that the, I love the kids that come in that have the growth mindset. They're great to work with, really makes your job easy. But I also, if not on a level part, more so love the kids that come in without the growth mindset and that don't want to do the sessions and that don't want to do the PE lessons. And the job then is to turn that around and watch them go through failure and get upset and be in a position where you can influence their mindset into coming in and actually within a few weeks knowing that, oh, actually, I did make a mistake before. I got it wrong. I failed. I didn't enjoy it. I got upset. To then watch that that individual grow into not being upset when they made a mistake, um, that for me is and whether they can do this skill properly or whatever it is you're teaching or not, it's that watching that individual not be worried about failure. Um, and I think that's one of the life is one of the best parts of coaching. I think for me. And and how often in their supposed failure do they then find their own style? because they find a way that works for you. I mean, we could teach the same session and we'd all have our own different style of how you do a, a step over or a drag scissors or whatever it might be. So you show the kids, you inspire them. And then the key is you give them the freedom to be curious and explore. And then they find their own style and put it together. There's no rights or wrongs. So when kids often say, is this right? Is this right? You know, well, you, you're pretty much always right because it's your own style. <laughs> You know, as long as it's close and, and, and they're, they're trying and putting in the effort and all the fundamental parts. But yeah, and, and, and then putting different things together in combinations has been a real thing for me during this, is giving them, teaching an isolated skill, another isolated skill, another one, and then letting them explore how you can put that together. And the brain knows them in isolation, but then you see it struggling to put them together. And then you add in some visualization. So you say, pretend you're in a certain part of the pitch and they start getting better picture. And the brain can't distinguish between what's real and what's not. And I think Jeff did a bit of this in his um, back in his uni days or something about the power of visualization. And it can't distinguish between what's real and what's not. So you encourage them to visualize things and pretend they're in certain parts of the pitch and imagine things and put fake shots on the end. You get it as close as you can to the real thing so that when they get back to the real thing, 
it's in their subconscious they're moving better they're more confident and all the things that, that we've already talked about and, and it all fits back in well with what I was saying about learning the language and I've been doing a little bit of research into learning language and trying to marry it up to what we do and the skills in isolation obviously would be the words so your, your vocabulary and then putting them together as combinations is sort of learning how to structure things for yourself into sentences and grammar and things like that. Um, then you go on to phrases where you add in the visualization and stuff like that and the scenarios. Um, and then eventually, obviously, they need the conversation to put it all together. So Transfer, you might... Transferable mindset. Right. OK. That's a, a new phrase for me. <laughs> I love that. So it's just trying to find different ways of explaining it um as best i can to people to go oh, yeah i get that now so so people that say although oh, skills in isolation you know it's pretty useless well they're probably right because you just get good at doing something in your front room you've always got to be looking at how you can help their brains develop the neurological pathways and take it to the next step and the next step so when they get back into matches or with a language of conversation they can access all those things fluently. And you want to be fluent at football, you want to be fluent at sport, you want to be fluent at language. Um, and I think it's, it's the, the best analogy I can come up with at the moment, Jeff. I like the word fluent because a lot of people talk about almost like movement literacy. And, but yeah, being fluent is how you would describe a Messi or a Ronaldo or someone who's at the very top of their game, isn't it? That's, that's a word I'm going to steal off you, Peza. I like yeah. it. Well, um, <laughs> Messi and Ronaldo were the two yin yangs. You, you know, you couldn't couldn't get better examples. Where Ronaldo was definite, knew what he wanted to do. He would actually find skills he liked on YouTube and go and master them. Exactly what we do. So YouTube was inspiring him, where we inspire the kids. And then he would go break it down, put it together, and then put it with stuff that he'd already done, and then practice it in one v one. So he's doing his sentences, his phrases then trying it in matches, whether that be training or in real matches, and having the confidence to do that and putting it all together. Whereas Messi was a bit more learning on the streets, um, a bit more off the cuff, a bit more freedom, rather than those isolated drills. Um, very, very opposite ways of getting to be the two best players in the world, which I love. I think one of my, one of, to take it away from football, but one of my old was Bruce Lee. Um, the word fluency definitely with him was very... You know, I watch a lot of documentaries and interviews with him and just being able to react to any different situation on the martial arts side was very, you know, I think it ties in really well with what we're trying to trying to explain. Well, um, Bruce, like, oh, yeah. Up. Exactly, yeah. But Bruce Lee um, famously said about martial arts that you keep what's useful to you and you discard the rest. And I've been really keen in our sessions to say, although I'm showing you 20 different ways to turn, you don't need to know them all to be good at turning with the ball. You might find one, two or three that really work for you. Discard the rest. You don't need to know them all. It's our job to show you the possibilities for your curiosity to explore, try them, have the freedom to try them and think, yeah, do you know what? I'm really, really comfortable with that. And then you put it together with another skill you're comfortable with and you're starting to structure sentences together. And fluidity. Um, and that's really, really powerful, especially if you can throw some visualisation on in the end. But really key is when you go back into football again, that you are in an environment where you can try these things because you could all be set up, ready to go, to put it all into what I've just described as the conversation to try everything. And then your manager goes, don't try that there, son. You know, we don't do we don't do that here. We don't do stepovers here, and and then it all, can all come crashing down. So, you know, parents have got to be aware of what environment their kids are going back into after this, and it should be in general anyway. Because as I've said, if kids can't explore things for themselves, try things, fail, and be able to go through that failing and rebuilding process, they're never going to fulfil their potential. Whether you know online sessions or not just in in general football development terms so the environment that they go into is absolutely vital is the most important thing i think in the end this just accelerates it all doesn't it jeff very well put peza well i try my best and 
I'm uh, aware that we've probably gone a little bit over time and we've all got busy days. I've got a soccer size session to record with a dodgy handshake. We've got Southampton Football Club reviews to do. Um, Paul's got to get off to school sessions, is it, Paul? Yeah, I've got some uh, one-to-one coaching with a couple of kids in a school and then I've got reception year one, year two, year three, year four, year five um, and year six. So I've got a, yeah, Got a busy afternoon where I've got to get my thinking hat on. And uh, Jeff, what have you got on today? Are you at college? Yeah, after we went to college, so further education, higher education, I'm allowed to carry on um, doing their sports. So nothing's changed for us at Wiltshire College Futsal Academy yet. No, and uh, we can see from that we're all very busy people, which is fantastic for for us and for everything we're we're involved with. So. Thanks for your your time, guys. Just to reiterate, if you want to find out more about what Jeff's doing and maybe get involved with some of his Zoom sessions or with Wessex Futsal Club in general, the best place, he said, is to uh, find him on Facebook, which is Wessex Futsal Club or Jeff Bonner, um, with the stuff that myself and Paul do. Again, Facebook, Pez's Street Soccer and Skill Tech Scheme. Um, Perry Cocking, find me on um, social media, Instagram and Facebook um, and type in the skill tech scheme, PESA skill tech scheme. If you want to get involved and see what it's about, we have the um, the whole syllabus available as an ongoing online training program. So get yourselves involved with that if you like the sound of what we're doing and think it could work for, for your child or your team. Anything to add, guys? No, I think we covered it. <laughs> I, think, I think we just about got there. So thanks again. Absolutely fantastic. Good luck with everything and uh, hopefully we'll touch base again soon and, and keep up the great work finally. Keep on keeping on. Keep on Living keeping the dream. on. Cheers, lads. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye.